You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Diving stop, Seager. Toss on off the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away, center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Welcome back to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Gary Hill back with you. Thanks for being here once again. Sorry about the lateness of the podcast this morning. That was not the plan. As the team went off to Colorado from Boston, I came back to Seattle from Boston, but a flight uh, canceled, and 24 hours essentially later, <laughs> it took way longer than I expected, so I'm a little behind behind my time here. But here's what we're going to do on the podcast today. Mariners, a nice couple of games in a row, including, hope you had a nice holiday weekend, by the way, uh, tremendous weather, and the Mariners got a couple wins in a row. So we'll talk about those coming up. Ryan Roland-Smith is going to dive into the Christian Bergman start on Sunday, which was outstanding at Fenway. Also, get you ready for the Colorado series, although series four games in a row, although one already in the books that the Mariners got. We'll also hear from Christian Bergman coming up in a few minutes, coming off the heels of his tremendous start in Boston. So you look at Sunday, and the Mariners had dropped the previous two games without scoring a run. Brian Johnson was brilliant on Saturday, went the distance shutting out the Mariners, complete game shutout. So the M's really looking to salvage the finale against the Red Sox on Sunday after beating Washington in the finale there, a game where they needed Bergman against Porcello, the defending American League Cy Young Award winner. Mariners offensively, it was about the long ball in this one. The 1-0 pitch to Heredia, swing and a drive, deep to left field. Heading toward Lansdowne Street, and this one is out of the ballpark on to Lansdowne. Goodbye, baseball. Guillermo Heredia over the monster seats, past the light tower, on to Lansdowne. Holy smokes. Heredia with his third home run of the season, and it gives the Mariners a 3-0 lead over the Red Sox here in the top of the eighth. And over the top of the wall and on to Lansdowne. What a shot by Heredia. The 3-2 to Robbie, swinging a drive, straightaway center field. Backing up is Benintendi. This one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. On to the black tarp in straightaway center field. The batter's eye above the fence in straightaway center here at Fenway. Robinson Cano with his ninth home run of the year. A two-run home run for Robbie. And it's now the Mariners five and the Red Sox nothing. That ball kept going and going and gone. M score one run in the fourth. They had a one nothing lead going to the seventh. A tight ball game, but then some add-on. One in the seventh, one in the eighth, two in the ninth. But really, the story of this one was all about Bergman. The pitch. Swing and Ramirez sends it high out to left center field. Heredia dancing over to the gap. He's calling this ball to be his. He calls off Dyson and the left fielder. Makes the catch to end the inning. 
How about Christian Bergman today from Fenway Park? He yet again faces the minimum. That's the fifth time in seven innings, and he has held the Red Sox off the board with only four hits. Seven scoreless. The bullpen then locked it down. Vincent Pazos-Diaz combined for two scoreless innings as well. As the Mariners held the Red Sox off the board at Fenway Park, that is no easy task. Five hits allowed in the ballgame. Brilliant game for the Mariners. Cano, Cruz, Seager with two hits apiece. Dyson had a couple as well. Ruiz had three. Mariners pounded out 16 hits in the ballgame, which is great to see with the struggles that uh, have come offensively. So that brings us to Monday, yesterday. Mariners taking on the Rockies, and we knew going in, and in fact, Ryan Roland-Smith and I are going to talk about this in a couple minutes. The Rockies are really really good and they can pound the baseball they have a ton of talent some recognized uh, nationally some not as much but they are really good a stacked lineup the Mariners going into Colorado and this was a very interesting ball game the Mariners jump out to the lead they score three runs in the top of the third inning also along the way, Sam Gavilio gets to start. Well, he also chipped in offensively. Chat with a quick worker. Next pitch swung Whoa. on, and it's a base hit center field for Sam Gavilio, his first major league hit. I was just getting ready to say, hey, swing hard just in case you hit it. And that's what he did. he did. Then the Mariners got another three spot in the fifth inning. Pitch to Seeger, swing and a fly ball into the gap in right center field, down for a base hit. Here comes Gamble on to score. Cano running third. He will score. Cruz around to third. The throw into second is going to be cut off by the shortstop story. Kyle Seager drives in a couple, and the Mariners now lead the Rockies 5-2. to two. And meanwhile, Colorado just kind of chipped away. One in the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth, two in the sixth. And at that point, going into the seventh, it's a one-run ball game in Colorado. That is never a comfortable place to be with just a one-run lead, but the bullpen made it stand up. The pen was outstanding. Pazos, Zick, Vincent, Zepchinski, Altavilla, and Diaz all combined to slam the door and end this one. Four scoreless innings on just one hit. They did the job. The 1-1 pitch. Walters a swing and a ground ball. Wide of third. Up with the ball is Seager. Toss across in time, and the ball game is over. The Mariners win it 6-5 over the Rockies to take game one of this brief two-game series here in Colorado. So a nice couple wins in a row for the Mariners. Here's what Scott Service had to say after the ball game. Complete ball game. You know, we had just enough starting pitching to, to get to our bullpen, and uh, you know, our guys coming out of the pen did a really good job. Kind of minimized damage there. Pezos did a good job getting his four outs, and then kind of mix and matching with the other guys. Uh, it was great. So, uh, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen in this ballpark. Uh, we had a lot of opportunities to add on. I didn't quite get enough. Or, you know, you're never comfortable here, but you're hoping to get a few more. But good offensive day. You know, we, we created a lot of traffic out there. I think Valencia and Seager got a big knock. Uh, you know, a lot of guys contributed. So, uh, again, uh, it's been a rough start to the trip. You know, we played better the last couple of days. Our offense is starting to come together a little bit, which is good to see. Scott, was that the Edwin Diaz that you envisioned a little bit more this year? It's pretty good. Yeah. You know, Eddie's got his confidence back. You guys can see it. Um, and I think the. You know, commanding the fastball is the big thing. And, you know, when he does that, then the slider doesn't have to be perfect. And uh, but it, and it's got good bite. So, you know, when you can work the game to have that anchor in the ninth inning, it is so, so valuable. And we have the pieces to do that, but you got to have that guy at the back end. And it's nice to see Eddie's confidence growing and stuff and command. And just he looks the part again. You know, he's got it back. 
for those pieces, you hadn't been able to get them into regular use. You needed to hold them for right situations, which would put more pressure on it would seem. But they've really responded to Yeah, our guys have. They just take the ball, and, and they know if, if we give them enough rest. And, you know, unfortunately, we had some games here you know, five, six days ago. They had a lot of rest. So, uh, you know, hopefully you get in these tighter games, which we have now, and then go to the, the matchups. And it's kind of how our bullpen was designed. We haven't had a chance to go there a lot, you know, just part in the season. But when they're out there, they're fresh, they're really good. You know, not really. Uh, I think you know you got to be careful when you do that too much. Um, I think you know he pitched yesterday. Um, it was also an opportunity. I said to Mel, let's find out where Dan Elvira is. Good for him. Uh, you know, he stepped up, got behind the counter, Reynolds made good 2-0 pitch, and then really good slider at 2-2. And we got to need him. You need, everybody has to contribute here, and you can't be afraid to go to guys. And I know Danny had his struggles earlier. He's throwing the ball much better. He just looks different when I hand him the ball on the mound. You know, he's much calmer. He's just he's pitching now instead of just going out there and chucking it, and which is good to see, and, and we need him in all different situations. So, uh, anyway, he walked off the mound, big smile on his face. It's good to see young players feel that way. Hey, Cavillio, the final line is pretty ugly, but it's he, he got it's five innings, five innings in Coors Field. You walk out of there, we'll take it. You know, uh, for a young guy coming in here, and you know uh, the ball started to get up a little bit, and you know third time through their lineup, they have a really good offensive team. They start making some adjustments and staying on a little. So, um, you know, he, he gave us what we needed today, gave us a chance, and our offense got going a little bit. Yeah, Pezos has been key for us all year, and his ability to run through right-handed hitters as well as the lefties. Uh, I know he got the ball up to par, got the RBI single there late, but uh, done a really nice job. Uh, again, he's, he's got good routine. His confidence is very good. Uh, enough breaking ball uh, to keep him off, but the fastball's got a lot of life, and Big part of our bullpen, kind of a guy that goes unnoticed, but you can give the ball to him in the sixth, seventh inning and let him run through a, a you know a whole inning or even four outs today because he can get through the righties as well. Now we have the last game of the road trip, 4-10, first pitch tonight, Miranda against Anderson. And now the Mariners have a chance with a win tonight to have a 500 road trip, which is pretty impressive giving Washington, Boston, Colorado. That is about as difficult as it gets lining up in baseball right now. We talked about it in the month of May, uh, as of a couple of games ago. Colorado and Boston are one, two, and runs scored in baseball in the month of May. Washington can absolutely light it up. I mean, this would be something given the circumstances with the injuries and everything else. If they could pull out a 500 road trip, that would be impressive. First things first, though, they got to get the one tonight. Miranda Anderson, see if they can do it. So right now, Let's hear first from Christian Bergman coming off that start we just referenced. Shannon Dreyer here at Coors Field with a guy who knows this field quite well, but uh, kind of the opposite view, catching up with Christian Bergman. What's it like to walk back into this stadium for you? Uh, you know, it's kind of fun to you know come in the other side and uh, be on the other side of things. So I'm you know definitely looking forward to the game today and looking forward to seeing my old teammates and hopefully beating them. And for you to come in, it's probably even that much more enjoyable coming off of a win. Uh, your first experience pitching in Boston was a good one. Yeah, went really well. Uh, it's a fun place to pitch. Um, you know, the fans there are definitely into it. There's a great atmosphere, and you know, it was a weekend game. And you know, they got a good team this year, so it was, it was good to, to have a good game there and get a win there. What was working for you yesterday? Uh, I was commanding the ball better than last time out, and I was staying on top of the ball, which I think is you know, really important for me. Um, all my pitches play off, keeping my hand on top of the ball. And so I think I did a good job of that. 
and uh, you know just moving the ball around and do what I normally do. What are kind of the checks that you use for yourself to know that you are on top of the ball? You, you can tell kind of by where you miss. Um, if you're missing you know, up and arm side, that's a good indication that you're getting on the side of it. If the ball's running across the plate a lot, but if it's got some life um, at the end, you know, the last 10 feet or so, and it's, you're, uh, you're finishing down, um, that's you know, a good sign that you're getting on top of the ball. Yeah, it was great to see uh, not a lot of uh, strikeouts, not a lot of swings and miss, a lot of in play, and that really paid off yesterday. Yeah, you know, that, that helps to keep the pitch count down and you know, let the defense play behind you. And, um, you know, it's never really my intention to strike anybody out unless I get to 0-2 I'll take a shot there. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to get early contact and um, you know, get the ball in play and have quick innings. I was talking with Kyle Seeger after the game, and your infielders really appreciated that. A, they like the action. B, they like the pace. Yeah, pace is really important. And, you know, I've, I've always liked to work fast, but it's good for the infielders, too. It keeps them on their toes. and. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than, you know, even being in the dugout and having to watch a game that's just going really slow. So that's something I like to uh, stay on top on. This is uh, kind of the opposite of Safeco Field when it comes to pitching as far as a not a pitcher's park. What did you take away from your time here? Um, it's it's just another adjustment in my eyes. Um, there are adjustments you have to make in any ballpark, um, and this one is a, a dramatic adjustment. You just have to kind of adjust your sights knowing that the ball's not going to move as much as you think it is um, and just kind of getting used to that and that's the benefit of playing here a lot is you have a better idea of how to make those adjustments. What are some of the things that are kind of learned over time with that because you do see guys that can come here and pitch? Yeah um, just getting used to you know how the ball is going to move and you know not being afraid of you know, thinking I can't throw a certain pitch. Um, I don't. I don't think that's the case. You can't eliminate a pitch from your arsenal. Um, so you just have to. You have to use it, but you know, use it in, in good areas. Your last year here, you pitched mainly in relief. It looked like uh, to get the call from the Mariners and say, "Hey, we'd like to start you." How important was that to you? That was really important. That was something I was definitely looking for. And um, you know, I've started most of my career, and I, I feel like it's something I do well. Um, you know, out of the bullpen, it seems like everybody these days, you know, is 95 plus, and uh, but I, I think I can use my stuff well uh, when I'm starting. Um, so it was just a good fit, and I'm you know really happy to be here. What's been the biggest adjustment going back to that for you? It actually came back pretty easy, just because I've done it so much in the past. It was <clears throat> I was always kind of looking for um, a routine in the bullpen. Um, not to say you can't, you know, have a routine because I did have a year where I was mostly in the bullpen and I, you know, I threw well. And um, so once you get into that routine, it's easier. But um, starting to me just comes naturally. On the other side, obviously off to kind of a special start for them, guys. People in Seattle don't know as much. It's a National League team. Who, who are some of the fun ones to watch on that side? Arenado definitely sticks out. Um, you know, he he plays third base. You know, better than. <laughs> Most people you'll, you'll run into. Um, he can hit the ball too, and you know Blackman, uh, Lemayhu, all those guys are fun to watch. Um, you know it's it's a good ball club, and uh, you know so it'll be good to see them again. All right, and you get to just watch for a few days, so enjoy. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. And now Ryan Roland Smith and I we're going to talk this one through. Not only the win in Boston on Sunday, but also. Taking a look at this Rockies series tonight, the next two games as well, also the one in the books. Bergman outstanding. 
Seven innings, four hits, no runs, a couple walks, a couple of strikeouts. The Mariners get the win. They salvage the finale. Gary Hill with you, now joined by Ryan Roland-Smith, Mariners postgame show. And, uh, Ryan, you have to love what you saw from Christian Bergman in this one. The Mariners needed it, and they got a great start from Bergman yes, today. Absolutely, especially after coming off that outing in Washington where, you know, we saw the we saw the box score. I don't think that told the whole story. But when you can bounce back like that, especially in a place like Fenway Park, I know the guy's 29 <laughs> years old, but he's still, to me, a guy who's, you know, trying to get his feet wet at this level. Um, and to do what he did today, I mean, there's just too many good things, you know, to talk about. And to me, the, the weapon of choice for Christian Bergman to have success at this level is that, is that um, sinking fastball. He got a ton of ground balls. It was so good to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know better than anyone, double play, a pitcher's best yeah. friend. <laughs> he used that oh, yeah. time and time again in this one. Yeah, he did. And, and we saw it when you pitched that game against you know, the Oakland A's where he got into the eighth inning, it was a lot of, a lot of breaking balls, a lot of elevated fastballs, and he was going away from his strengths. I, I remember saying you know, before that game, I was doing the pregame show, and I said, he has to, you know, don't worry about the big strikeout numbers. Stay with your strengths. Mm-hmm. And he just basically said, yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm going to punch out. I think he punched out nine. That was against right. Oakland. And today I felt like he pitched to his strengths, and that was just that able to expand expand the zone and get those borderline pitches. And just going back to his last start, not to bring that up, I mean, in Washington, you know, moving on from that. But to me, he was getting those borderline pitches early. And I feel like when you were able to do that, and when you're in Christian – Bergman's shoes as a you know, relatively new guy to a rotation to a team and you're able to get those pitches early in the game it just gives you so much more confidence you're able to start expanding a little bit and that's where he started going to that good sinking fastball and those hitters counts and that was all the difference today it's funny you mentioned the Washington start I mean he's now put three starts together that you just don't see very often Against Oakland, seven and a third, no runs. Then ten earned against Washington, and now seven runs and uh, seven innings and no runs. Zero, ten, zero. That is just not something you see in three starts very often. Right. And I said, you know, with in Washington, watching that game closely, I watched it back after, you know, after it was done. Um, there was a play out in right field. Um, you know, Nelson Cruz, who's obviously in the lineup, no DH because they need the offense. They need to spark the mm. offense. So you've got to put Nelson Cruz in right field. He's dealing with you know some hamstring issues at the time. He's not getting the same jumps as Ben Gamble gets. For example, Ben Gamble in the, in the uh, sixth inning, there was one out. Ben Gamble came charging in and made a really good catch. And that's the difference that that good outfield makes. When you look at that start back in Washington, First of all, he wasn't getting those borderline pitches. The umpire had a really tight zone. Second of all, it was raining. Like, it's tough to pitch in the rain. Yeah, right? that That's another thing ugly. that um, you know, doesn't show up on the box score. And the other one, too, was a play that, that really should have been made. Um, and again, with Nelson Cruz in right field. But he's just not, you know, he's not lying on his feet right now because he's dealing with some hamstrings and, and what have you. So the Mariners were limited defensively when it came to that. So there's a few of those factors. So to me, Christian Bergman's really starting to settle in. I think if you take away, obviously, the last start, you, you look beyond the box score and you take into account the first start against the A's, the way he pitched against the A's when he's elevating a lot of breaking balls. If he can combine that with the, uh, the ability to get those uh, double plays today, I think he's gonna, you're going to see a lot more of this as the season goes on. Yeah, what a great fit at Safeco Field as well. Yeah. I mean, you know that 
Blanking the Red Sox at Fenway Park is not an easy thing to do. Uh, in fact, the last time it happened was in April of 2011. Do you remember the time before? It was June 6, 2008. Do you remember that ball game at all? Does that June ring a bell? June 6. I remember, yeah, I think, matter of fact, if that was the first game of the series, I'm not quite sure. I, I pitched two games of that series. I think it was a three-game series. But I remember it was really hot <laughs> in that series. Ah. That's, all, that's all I remember. We had a day game, and we were roasting out the bullpen. I do remember that. But um, you're right, though. You know, when, when you're talking, you know, Fenway Park, the best offense in the American League, and there was a lot of – there was not not too much hard contact at all today, and just quick mm-hmm. innings. And that, you know, the offensive score, Mariners' offensive score run, he came right back out and shut him down. And that was a momentum killer for the Red Sox. So, hats off to him. That is a tough place to pitch. We talked about pitching yeah. on the East Coast, you know, with this trip with these young guys. But nothing's tougher when you're talking about pitching in an environment like that. So, hats off to Christian yeah. Bergman. He was great today. That game in 2008, Felix started, he went six, didn't give up any runs. Sean Green came in for two, and then you finished it off. That's One right. inning, no runs. I, I Good work. I, I, I think I gave up a couple line drives off the Green Monster, though, if I recall. I think I gave up one that I could still <laughs> Only hear one ringing, hit. It's fine. ringing in my head. There we go, yeah. But uh, I remember that game. That was the first game of the series. Oh, well, thanks for... Uh, Thanks for giving me some credit there. I forgot. I totally so you're forgot. Part of, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're part of something. It just it doesn't happen very often. It's hard to do, especially as you point out, the Red Sox. I mean, you look at coming into this game in the month of May. There's only one team that has scored more runs than the Red Sox. Unfortunately for the Mariners, it's the Colorado Rockies, who the Mariners will take on next. Two games in Colorado, then two games at Safeco Field. But uh, not a team that hits a ton of home runs, but Boston, incredibly pesky, very athletic. They hit a ton of doubles, and they're tough to pitch to, especially here. Yeah, they are, and they had those grinding out bats. You see only the two walks from Christian Bergman. The other thing, too, just if I can throw this in there, if, we, this, yeah. if this is the last chance to talk about Christian Bergman, that seventh inning, he came back out after sitting for a long time. And I know with him, you know, if you look at his history with his pitch counts and the innings he's able to get, that I was sitting there, you know, watching this game, thinking, "Well, how's he going to, you know, react to that?" And and also, how's he going to react after the Mariners were able to score off the Red Sox? And he came back out, and it was such a quick one-two-three inning. And that right there, that's momentum killer when you're talking about pitching against, you know, the Red Sox in Fenway Park. Ryan, I'm interested to get your take on what you saw from Edwin Diaz in this one. I thought he looked good. This slider looked a lot better today. I feel like his slider is good when he's able to start it in the strike zone. He's It's got a ton of movement, but I feel like with him, it's either one or the other. One is a cement mixer, or the other one's well out of the zone. I felt like today mm. he was throwing a couple for a strike, which was good to see. Um, and then he was there were, he threw a couple nasty ones that, man, if he could mix just in just a little higher percentage with that pitch that stays inside the zone – and he can command that pitch a little bit better, he's going to be really good. The thing I liked about him, and he, I watched him do this against the Angels uh, at Safeco Field, whether he was trying to or not, he was pitching up and in. When you've got a guy who's throwing mm-hmm. 97 to 99, mm-hmm. up and in, the at bat, I don't care who you are, it's uncomfortable. You're on your heels as a hitter, and you just cannot react. You can't dive out over the plate. You know, Dustin Pedroia is a little guy who likes to dive out over the plate. The minute Edwin Diaz went up and in, he had no shot. So I feel like whether he was trying to or he was missing his spot, obviously, but if he's trying to or not, that's going to have to be a weapon for him to get it in, up and in to make that, that uncomfortable at-bat for these hitters. And again, that's just going to make that slider even better. So he looked good. And again, he was able just to you know keep his wit. Obviously, five runs. Um, 
is a little bit easier. This would be a different game, and if it was you know two runs, uh, you know two two nothing with Diaz out there with those errors, but he was able to just yeah. stay with the process, and that that was a big thing for me as well. They are going to be tested the next four games: two in Colorado and then two in Seattle. Mariners take on the Rockies. Day baseball tomorrow: twelve ten first pitch from Colorado, then four ten on Tuesday. Wednesday, back at Safeco Field, 7-10 first pitch. It's going to be great to see James Paxton. He'll take the mound at Safeco Field. And then on Thursday, 12-40 first pitch at Safeco Field. And, Ryan, the Rockies have been outstanding this season. As we sit here right now, they have the second-best record in baseball, 32-19 and on the season. They are scoring a ton of runs, which isn't a surprise, especially – in Colorado, but they're scoring runs everywhere. They have one of my favorite players to watch in baseball going right now. Nolan Arenado is tremendous, a third baseman for the Rockies who has put up massive numbers the last few years. Now, last year, 41 homers, 133 ribbies. The year before that, 42 homers, 130 ribbies. This year, batting 292, on pace again. He's got 12 homers, 34 RBIs a league-leading 17 doubles. He's already been an all-star a couple of times. He's on his way again. But uh, for fans that haven't seen him, a chance to see him at Safeco Field. But the Mariners pitching staff has their work cut out for him, Ryan. Yeah, but back to Arenado. And he can pick at a third base. Let's not forget Yes, that. he can. You were right uh, about he, that. That uh, man, he reminds me, we had Adrian Beltre here for a while, and I think Arenado is up there in the same category as Adrian Beltre when it comes to picking it. I agree. Four yeah. four gold gloves already in four seasons. So yeah, that's tells us what you need to know about that. Yeah, so the Mariners are going to take on Arenado. And like you said, they're the second best offense. And some of that may have something to do with playing in Denver. But he, he, this is the way I look at it. Now, looking at this road trip, toughest road trip they're going to have in a while. And if they mm-hmm. can walk away, if they can – I said this before, the, before, the, before they went on the road – if they can take a game, when you look at the way the pitching matched up, if they could take a game from each series, go three and five at the bare minimum, they're going to be in okay shape, right? Hover, still be able to hover for when the the um, the, the health comes back, when James Paxton comes back, when Felix you know eventually gets back, when Iwakuma eventually gets back. Obviously, Drew Smiley down the road. When you, if they can just hover just a little bit longer, and you know we've been saying that for weeks, and they've still been slightly able to do as ugly as this road trip has been but they're walking into a place in denver where games can get out of hand real quick Mm -hmm. and if you have an off day around the corner that can really put a lot of pressure on your bullpen but in saying that gary i've pitched there i've played there it's anything can happen anything can happen you could put up a 10 spot in a blink of an eye you know if you're the seattle mariners so hopefully that's a good place to get their offense cranking yeah, and they're tough to pitch to because they have a bunch of guys. Uh, I mean, I feel like Arenado's starting to get the attention that he deserves, but I don't think people realize how good Charlie Blackman is. Yeah. I think he is a really good player. He's having a great season, batting three thirty with 12 homers, 45 ribbies. I mean, he is a tough out. LeMayhew doesn't hit for a lot of power, but he's pesky. He hits for a high average. Uh, Ian Desmond uh, went to Colorado in the offseason, was hurt to begin the year, but you know, he's been effective. And then Mark Reynolds, who probably should have been playing in Colorado long before this because that seems like the perfect spot for him. <laughs> he is having yeah. a resurgence. I mean, 13 homers already, batting 316, which is unlike him. But 
man, he's having a great year. Uh, he wasn't even, you know, if Ian Desmond wasn't hurt to start the year, he probably doesn't crack the lineup very often to start the season, but he's been outstanding. They've got a lot of dynamic players, not just guys yeah. who can crush balls in Denver. I mean, you t- talk about Blackmon. He, he does a lot of things. He can run. He can leg out doubles. You know, he can even bunt left-handed swing. Um, he's going to be fun to watch. If you get a chance to get down to Safeco, he's another, guy, another yes. fun guy to watch. And even batting fifth in their lineup today, Geraldo Parra. I play with him with the D-backs. He's another dynamic oh, yeah. player. Guys who can play defense as well as can swing it. They've got a really good lineup. It's going to be a tough couple games. But, again, I want to reiterate this. <laughs> Those games, they can get out of hand quick, and you can be on the on the uh, on the good side of that as well. So if they can if they can pull away with two games, they split the road trip. As ugly as this is, they could split this road trip. They have the the a chance to do that in Colorado, but it's going to be tough. And the pitching, it's going to come down to the uh, to the pitching, one hundred percent. They got mm-hmm. a couple of young guys going in, probably the toughest place to pitch. Yeah, Gavilio will go tomorrow. Miranda will go on Tuesday. And before you go, Ryan, how much fun will it be uh, to see James Paxton back on the hill Wednesday at Safeco Field at 710? Look, I can't wait. I'm, I'm his biggest fan, by the way, Gary. I talk about the guy all the time, and I'm so happy for him <laughs> coming out this year and, and just setting the tone and just and just pitching at his capacity. Being able to throw in the upper 90s as there's nothing boring about watching a guy throw in the upper 90s. I do want to stress, though, I want to be patient with him. This first outing, he could be on a tight pitch count. He may not be able to make the same amount of pitches once the adrenaline kicks in because he can't wait to get back. But it's such a relief to see James Paxton comes back and then you know, a, a quarter of that of your initial pitching staff when you're talking about Iwakuma and Felix Hernandez and Drew Smiley, mm-hmm. they're going to slowly trickle back. If this team can hang a little bit, it all starts when James Paxson gets back. If they can hang a little bit, they're going to keep getting healthier and healthier, and they'll be in good shape that second half. The greeting for Freddie Garcia is a standing ovation right now to try and snuff out Will Cordero with a strike. Here comes the 2-2 delivery on the way by Freddie and a swing and a miss. He snuffed him out with a strike. So Freddie Garcia up to it here in the eighth inning. See you later! It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.